Hi guys, it's Mandy with the Speaking Wife Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and I'm super excited to talk to you because despite trying several times over the past two weeks, we are sliding into the schedule of one episode every two weeks. I did not want to have to admit that was going to happen, but with the busyness of summer, this has been crazy trying to sit down and find a spare 30 minutes to an hour to get an episode recorded and get it published and everything. Those of you with more than one kid will know there's basically never a safe time or a safe place to actually sit in the quiet and be uninterrupted. And I have never edited or trimmed any part of the recording or anything like that. And I think I might have to learn how to do that. But I also think that I might just really bless y'all with an episode one day hearing all of the noise in the background because you might get a kick out of that. But I haven't been brave enough to do that yet. So anyway, between me and the summer plans that we've had this summer, all the different things that have popped up, having three boys in the house and my husband and I having our own business, we are just on the run all the time and I'm constantly trying to find ways to sit down and have a few moments to record some thoughts for y'all. I love being able to just sit and talk with y'all and hear any feedback that you have for me. And as I've said in so many of the episodes, my number one goal is always for you to just not feel so alone. And so before I got into today's topic, I wanted to talk to you about something that I've just recently posted about on my Instagram page. If you don't follow me there, it's speaking underscore wife. It's very simple and you can follow me there and I normally post there more frequently than I do anywhere else. I don't post a lot on my Facebook page because it's still mainly just close friends and family and so I don't want to overwhelm them if they don't want to be bombarded with podcast information all the time. But on the Speaking Wife Instagram page, I have recently posted about a Q&A I will be having with my husband to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the podcast. This will be happening at the end of the month of July. And several of you have contacted me having questions specifically for him about things I've spoken about in previous episodes. So if you have a question for him or a question for me, if you just have random things that I have not made clear that I've kind of touched on, but you would like some clarification on, we would love to have any questions that you have or any comments that you have submitted to us by the 15th of July. And then we're going to sit down and get that episode recorded and get it published at the end of that month. And I am so super excited about the prospect of being able to sit down and actually record an episode with him. He has been my number one supporter with with this endeavor has been so scary and I've talked to y'all about it. If any, if you've listened to the previous episodes, you know that I'm not recording a podcast because I think I have it all together or I have every answer, but it's something that was on my heart for such a long time and I'm just trying to step out and go ahead and be obedient and hope that God can take all of my broken sentences and all of my inadequacies and maybe encourage you just a little bit. So I'm excited about getting to sit down and talk with my number one fan and my best friend and actually answer some of your questions and maybe give you a little more insight into our daily lives and maybe our love story, whatever it is that you're wanting to hear. But going into the episode for today, I wanted to talk a little bit about isolation. And as I've said, with basically everything we've talked about, anything that I talk about, it's something that I have struggled with and I've dealt with in several different stages of life. I've dealt with this problem and it can come wrapped in so many different packages where you don't even realize kind of what you're dealing with until it feels like you're so in the middle of it that you're kind of drowning in it and you don't know how to step out of it. But 
One thing that I've noticed in observing this particular issue is that this is very, very rarely a first response by us when we are children. It is very rare to find a child who is overwhelmed or scared or kind of in sensory overload with their surroundings that will run off alone, run off into a a closet or under a bed or something like that. They will normally run to a person. They will run to someone. It is very rare to find a child who has grown up in a safe environment or having a safe place that isolates themselves completely from everyone around them. They will have a person that they run to or a group of people that they feel safe with that they will purposely put themselves with this group of people. It's very, very rare for them to isolate themselves completely from every single person. And that's something that I feel like we learn as a defense mechanism from when we have put ourselves out there and trusted people or we have tried to be vulnerable with people that we believed we could trust and we've been hurt. And so our defense mechanism goes into, I can't trust anyone. I can't rely on anyone. I can't be safe with anyone. And so we begin to draw away from everyone and everything. Now, I do want to make sure and say that this is not saying that you should never draw any boundaries in your life, that you should never have lines, that you are just not willing for people to cross or for you to cross. There are people, there are instances, there are individuals that I have had to draw very hard lines with, that I've had to say this, you absolutely cannot be a part of my life. This is not safe for me. This is not healthy for me. This is detrimental to my children. There are moments when we have to do this with individuals individuals. What I'm talking about today is isolating ourselves from everyone and everything and how dangerous that can be, not only for our mind, but for our health, for our heart, and for our potential to move forward in life. It can be such a detriment to the the great potential. I believe that every person has great potential. I believe that. I'm not just saying it. But when we isolate ourselves from everyone and everything, we cut off our ability to grow because we begin to believe everything we say, everything we think. We begin to believe our emotion and our feelings without question and that is a fatal mistake because it will kill any growth potential in us it will kill off our ability to be changed or to be sharpened or to be challenged in any way because we're not challenging ourselves. we're going to kind of pat ourselves on the head so to speak so we have to be careful that we don't allow past hurts to prevent all of our future future potential. I'm going to get all my words mixed up today. I can tell. You know, one of the things that people will tell you is everyone will say, follow your heart. You just do what your heart tells you. Or one of the things going right now, you know, you do you, boo. Or just you be you. Well, there comes a point when we have to realize we are not an island of endless wisdom We are not an island of endless talent, of endless abilities. We have the great and vast potential to grow and to become better and to learn and to succeed. But we will not do these things on an island all alone, believing only our own voice. It won't happen because there are some things we don't know, whether we want to admit it or not. There are some things we just don't know. You cannot build properly without the proper tools. And you have not acquired, I have not acquired every tool there is to acquire. We have not learned every lesson there is to learn. 
We have not stretched every muscle that we have. We have not acquired every character that we need. This is something that we will not do by ourselves. So when we believe all of our own emotions and our own feelings, we can set ourselves up for disaster. And even in the Bible, it tells us in Jeremiah 17 that the heart is deceitful above all else. And so even in the word of God, he's telling us, don't lean on your own understanding here. There's so many scriptures that will chastise us and point us away from believing everything that we say, everything that we feel, everything that we think, because we will get into a state of deterioration where we are slowly but surely shrinking further and further down in whatever the opposite is of growing and getting stronger and being successful and moving forward. That is the place we find ourselves in when we believe ourselves, when we believe our own thoughts above everything else, when we don't ever question our thoughts, when we don't measure them up against what is true and what is good and what is, what is something that is going to actually be helpful What is going to be something that will pull us out of this? If we don't hold our own thoughts up to the light of truth, then we will not grow. It just won't happen. So when we get into these places of isolation, it feels like what we're doing is protecting ourselves from everyone else. But what we're actually doing is stepping into a place where we're harming ourselves by cutting off our ability to be the person that we have the capability to be, that we have the potential to be. Allowing our past hurts to direct our future actions, it hurts us more than it hurts anyone else. And we'll kind of feel like, well, if I do this, that person is never going to hurt me again. Or I'll show that person. I'll never put myself out there again. But that person just goes on with their life. And we're the ones left stagnant and deteriorating in ourselves. There is a story that, or a movie actually, that my boys have watched recently, and there was a part that got them really tickled, and when they were telling me about it, it triggered so many emotions with this particular topic, because I have so been there before and had to forcibly take hold on my thoughts and my actions and what I was allowing myself to believe, but there's a part in the movie that they're watching where there's a little boy walking down the halls of a school, and there's friends all around him, and they're saying things like, you, you should come over and come and play, and hi, how are you doing? And they're reaching out to him, and in that scene of the movie, the little boy just simply says, and they all hated me. He's remembering back to when he walked the halls, and what he remembered could not have been less accurate. But his vision was so clouded with what he perceived to be true that he couldn't even see the truth. He was sure that everyone hated him, so he locked down and stunted his own potential because he was so blinded by his hurt that he couldn't see the damage his own behavior was doing to himself. It wasn't just hurting the people who were trying to reach out to him, but he was hurting himself in his actions and reactions to the hurt that he had received when he was younger. When we're driven by hurt, we will often make irrational connections, and jump to conclusions. When we're seeing everything through the lens of our hurt, everything comes across completely different than it was intended. And this is something that I would not have believed until I recognized it in myself. Because when people would say this, I thought that was baloney. I really did. 
I, my husband will tease me and say I'm a pessimist and I like to say I'm a realist. So that's going to be my answer for a lot of things. When when someone might think or tell me when someone might be trying to reach out to me in love and open my eyes a little bit and be like, things are not the way you're perceiving them to be. My instant reaction is going to be, yes, they are. And that's all of our reactions because we, what is the, the saying is perception is reality. What we perceive to be true, we just believe. We believe to be true. This is our reality. And until we shake up our reality and we're willing to take a good hard look at what's motivating what we're seeing, what's motivating the lens that we're looking through everything, that we're looking at everything through, until we're willing to do that, then we're going to keep going down that path and our reality can be completely false. But it is because what we have perceived, then this is our reality. So whenever we're dealing with that, we will often make irrational connections and say, well, this person must have done this because of this over here. So they're doing this just to hurt me because they don't want me around. We'll start making all these crazy connections when no one has said this out loud. We'll jump to conclusions about what people actually mean when they say something. We'll put words in people's mouth because we are projecting what we are feeling and what we are perceiving onto them back towards us. We believe that this is how everyone is seeing us because we have been hurt and we are isolating ourselves. Another thing we'll do is we will be completely oblivious to our own faults. Whenever I'm dealing with someone who has hurt me very deeply, it is extremely difficult for me to see anything that I might could do differently. I am so overwhelmed by the hurt and the obviousness of their faults and what they have just done to me that I will not see mine at all. And this is something that I have watched as I've been willing to open my eyes to this in myself. I have watched in so many people who, when they would hurt me, I would think to myself, how can they not know? How can they not know how disrespectful they're being or how hurtful they're being, how rude they're being? How can they truly not know? And the more that I've watched, the more that I've realized they really don't know because they have allowed themselves to be blinded by what they perceive as faults and everyone else to the point that there is no room left in their line of vision for their own inadequacies and their own faults because it's so much easier to look at everyone else and see what they're doing wrong. And so I don't believe that 90% of people are going around seeing their own faults but choosing to be hurtful anyway. I believe that most of us have been hurt and have been abused, have been neglected, abandoned, all these things. And we see everything through this lens and we truly, truly do not see what our actions are doing to others and to ourselves. The third thing that we'll often do is we will criticize instead of connecting. Someone will be trying to connect with us, but we are so defensive and so wounded and everything feels so raw that we will instantly see fault in what they're doing instead of perceiving it as an act of kindness or a chance to connect with someone and be a friend. We will criticize and we will tear down this attempt because it wasn't exactly like what we would have done or any little flaw that we can find with it because we are so overshadowed by this feeling of hurt that we can't even see good anymore. We can't see potential anymore because this the bitterness and the woundedness of what we have gone through has overshadowed everything that we go to experience or be a part of. You can't be happy in any situation. 
Because it's not the situation that's the problem. It's what you're bringing with you into the situation. I know that's not very nice. And I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude or hurtful or point fingers. But in my life, I have had to look at myself. Because when my feeling was the same, no matter who I was with, no matter where I was at, no matter what I was doing, if I was struggling with the same emotions, it was not the groups that I was moving to. It was me. Number four, we will begin, like I touched on a while ago, we will begin to believe our own version of the truth. We will become so convinced by what we perceive as reality that no one will be able to break through it, to tell us or to show us, to prove to us in any way that there might be more to the story than what we're seeing. The world is full of hurt and reacting people and hurt people, as we've talked about before, hurt people hurt people and healed people heal people because when you have been hurt and when you have been wounded and then you have had your eyes opened and you have started the work of healing when you have been willing to start taking the difficult steps then there's something about that where you see that in those around you it's it's kind of the same thing as the lens of looking through everything with hurt when you've been hurt and you've experienced that soul-crushing feeling and you've experienced the pulling away and the isolation and wanting to just block yourself off from everyone, you start to see clues of that in other people and it hurts your heart because you know what they're feeling. So you begin to see this in other people and you want to do your best to help. One thing that I've noticed, I noticed in myself and I've noticed in several other people that I've spoken with is when we're hurt, when we're overwhelmed and we're wounded, we want friendship. We want closeness, but we want everyone to read our minds. We want everyone to just instinctively know when we need help. And when they don't, we withdraw even further. So we may not be honest with anyone. We may not tell anyone that this is what we're needing, that we're overwhelmed, that we're hurt. We may not verbalize this, but we expect someone to just figure it out and to come to our rescue. And I think I've mentioned this before in another episode, but it's very rare for someone to just barge through your door and sit down on your couch and force you to be their friend. I don't think that's ever happened to me. But that's kind of what we want when we're in that place of being overwhelmed and tired and hurt. And we just feel at such a loss because we feel too weak to fight the battle of being close to someone. We feel like we don't have the emotional energy left. And so as we're reverting to this isolation and we're pulling away, there's still something down inside of us that is crying out for friendship and for connection and for camaraderie. But we want someone to just figure out this is how we're feeling. Even if every vibe that we're sending out is defensive and rude and reactionary and we're backing ourselves away from everyone, we want someone to figure out somehow by all of that, that we really, really want them to barge through all of the defenses that we're giving up and we want them to just be our friend anyway. And 95% of people are never going to figure that out. So we will go home and we will isolate ourselves further because we're hurt that no one has figured it out. 
So what in the world can we do with all of this? This sounds overwhelming and discouraging and like something you will never get out of. Just a pit that we will always be in because it is so crushing. That That's the only word for it. I believe just crushing when you are in that place where it feels like you are being smothered by your own emotions and your worries and your fears and your hurts. And it feels like there's no way to break yourself out of it. And sometimes, most often, actually, it's not a situation that you even created, but it's a situation that someone else has put you in, and that will once again, I believe I talked about this several weeks ago, that will once again kick in the feelings of, this wasn't my fault, why should I have to fight my way out of this, please someone rescue me, I don't want to be isolated, but that's the only way I'm going to be safe. So we have this internal struggle going on because none of us were made to be alone. None of us were made to be isolated from everyone. But since that we perceive that to be safer, that's our reaction. We will start to pull ourselves away. So what can we do? This is really difficult and I did not like it when someone said this to me, but I'm just going to say it to you anyway. The number one thing that we can do to stop this cycle And it's not a magic pill. This is something we're going to take one step forward and then another step forward and another step forward. The number one thing we can do is to take off our victim glasses. This is very difficult to do because you know what? You were a victim. You were hurt. You were discarded. You were abandoned. All the things. I could could say word after word and that would all be true. It would be accurate. You were left by this person, whether emotionally, physically, whatever it is, you were mistreated. You were a victim, but that was an event, not a character trait. You may have been a victim, but that was an event. It was not who you are. You are not a victim. You were a victim for a moment. So the first thing we have to do is take off our victim glasses In this situation, if you can think, and most of us can, of what the primary situation that stresses you out, that makes you feel overwhelmed, that hurts your feelings, you bring this situation up in your mind, and the other person may have been 99.9% at fault. And you search that situation, and you find your 1%, and you take ownership of it. That stinks. It is not fun. But when you take ownership of your 1%, just 1%, then you are able to start taking charge of things again. This is something that I think my children are getting a little bit tired of hearing me say. I've been harping on it quite a bit for the past several months, is personal responsibility. You cannot run away from personal responsibility. When they all come running to me because it's the end of the world and they've all been fighting and arguing and saying hurtful things to each other, we've made a new rule where they're not allowed to tell us what the other person has done. First, they have to tell us what they did in the situation. And that's very difficult because what they will most likely do every time so far is when they say what they have done, it will be sugar-coated and kind of brushed over and what they did wasn't that big of a deal. But what their sibling did was excruciating and hurtful and on purpose. And so whenever we get them all set down and they all have to say what they did, then we're saying, okay, is that really what you did or are you kind of downplaying what you did just a little bit but we do have a choice we have a choice to take responsibility for what we can 
We can't change everything. We can't fix everything. There are some things in our lives that we're just not going to be able to change or handle or do away with. It's just that's the way that life is. Some things are out of our control. But when we begin to take personal responsibility for what we have done and what we can do in the future, we begin to take back the power from what we have given away to these situations. The feeling of helplessness and the feeling of hopelessness because we can't do anything begins to shift. Whether it's 1% or 5% or 50%, it doesn't matter what the percentage is. When you are willing to look at your situation honestly, when you have taken off the glasses of being a victim and you are willing to say, you know what, I was a victim, but that's not who I am. And I have the power and the ability to take responsibility for this part this even if it's the tiniest part of the situation there have been situations recently that have come up from many years ago that I have had to stop and while it would have been easier to have all the blame thrown on everyone else because it shielded me from it I had to stop and be willing to say you know what you're right that person didn't handle that right and that person didn't handle that right but this is what I did in that situation and this is the only thing I can take charge of This is the only thing I can apologize for. This is the only thing that I have any say over. And so I'm going to choose to take personal responsibility for this part. We have a choice and we can choose to make a change in the direction that our lives are going. Once again, you may have been a victim, but that doesn't mean that that's who you are. That is an event in your life. That isn't your identity. And so when we choose to take personal responsibility we can start stepping in the direction that we want to go. When you stop and look at society as a whole, you will see that this is an extreme lack. There is an extreme lack in our society with personal responsibility and acceptance of one's own behavior. Whether you're on social media or even if you're in a store, sometimes it's gotten so bad. Used to people were just happy with being safe behind a keyboard and now The way people will speak to a total stranger in public that they don't even know is just mind-boggling. But you will come in contact with people who are so clearly oblivious to their own faults and their own shortcomings, and yet they are so quick to degrade another person, to attack another person. And what is, what's, I was going to say funny, and it's not funny, what's sad is more often than not, when they're doing that, the failures of the person they're attacking are normally pretty minuscule compared to the glaring issues they have in their own life. But when we have chosen to not take personal responsibility and always have a victim mentality, then we will constantly be on this path of deterioration. We will not grow as a people. We will not grow as a family. We won't grow as a community We won't grow as a society because nothing is ever our fault, so why should we ever change? Nothing is ever our responsibility. Someone else needs to fix it. Someone else needs to step up. If we choose that we are not going to be the norm and we are going to stand up and we are going to take responsibility, even if someone else hurt us, we are going to take responsibility for the 2%. As they talked about in the grief recovery program that I went through, we always have a choice. And when you go out and you plan a picnic with your family and you go all the way to the park and you get out of the car and you get your food basket out and you're there with your children and it begins to rain 
You have no control over that. You have no control over whether it's raining or not. None. But you have 100% control over how you react to the rain. You have the power in that moment. You are not helpless just because it's raining. You still have a choice. You still have the ability to make a decision. So no matter how difficult our situation is, no matter what someone else has done to us, this is not a I'm going to blame the victim podcast before any, but I need to throw that in there really quick. I'm not going around blaming victims. There are some things where, no, you don't even need to accept a tiny bit of responsibility for it. If you've been physically abused, if you all these things, we could get into that and that would be a big, long discussion. So I want to make sure and say that. What I'm talking about is in life, in general, there are going to be things that happen to us on a very, very consistent basis where we are going to be hurt, we're going to be overwhelmed, and we're going to want to blame every single bit of it on someone else. But when we choose to take back the power by accepting personal responsibility on what we can do and what we can change, then we will truly be able to fight this feeling of helplessness and isolation. We will be able to start taking steps, even if they feel baby small, we will be able to start taking steps towards being successful and healthy and productive in our own lives and stop allowing the past and the situations that have overtaken us from then to control and manipulate and demoralize us here in the present. I can't wait to talk to you guys again. I really hope that it's not a two whole week period before I get to, but if it is, I hope you have a wonderful two weeks and I'll talk to you again soon. Don't forget that if you have any questions or if you have any thoughts that you would like for my husband and I to address in the podcast at the very end of July, make sure you get those into us by the 15th of July so we can get the podcast recorded and get it uploaded. We're both very excited about talking to y'all and I hope you have a wonderful week.